You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get started because we got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. It's good to see all of you again. And I, you know what? We're having you guys on more and more because this is just, what did I say? This is a quickening process. It's going to get faster. As things continue to move at the pace they're moving, then I have a feeling we're going to be talking more and more. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. I wanted to focus around what the World Economic Forum is saying about the world in 2030, because as you, the listener, if you're not aware of this, though most of you are, I believe, myself, Bruce, and Marty did a three-part series on Agenda 2030. And of course, with the emergence of this group, the World Economic Forum, now they're jumping on with this uh, this 2030 thing, and and they've put out uh, th- their predictions on where the world's going to be in 2030. Now, this is not one country we're talking about here, uh, and we got some audio clips coming up today. Uh, we're going to be playing some audio of something you sent me just yesterday, Marty. Uh, I've got uh, Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, and I know we have some Canadian listeners. Um, I've also got... Uh, President-elect uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, as we're all laughing at that. I've also got Klaus Schwab, obviously, the uh, the author of the... Go ahead. Sorry, I was on mute, so I just want to get my <laughs> bit in about President-elect Joe <laughs> yeah, Biden. My apologies. Uh, so I have uh, Joe Biden. Of course, we have Klaus Schwab of, uh, you know, who's the architect of this great reset that we're seeing. Of course, now, now it seems it's, it's got nothing to do with COVID, huh? Huh? Odd how they spring all this just at this point. I also have former uh, CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt. I've got the head of the UN. I've got the head of the IMF. And just for the two of you, I I did this specifically for you, just for the two of you, I have Prince Charles in there as well. He's weighed in on this as well. So we're going to go over that. Yes, well, uh, obviously, I have to be involved in the conversation. Yes, yes. And he sounds just about like that. Yeah. So, and you could tell, like, he's he's trained to be... He's trained to be a statesman, right? I mean, that's how the royals are when they come up. They're, they're trained to, to take on that role and give speeches and things of that nature. He's yeah. looking straight down reading. Like He's not looking into the camera. He should know better than that, right? He's reading a script. You can tell in the video. Yeah. And when you see that, uh, where else have we seen people reading something that they, they might not be absolutely 100% behind? You know, hostages in the Middle East, hostages in Vietnam. Or um, people that make uh, statements, or kids that make statements at the UN, such as... How dare you? Yeah, her. Yeah, that's where we see that sort of stuff. So anyway, like you say, we've got so much to cover tonight. We do. Um, we do. So let's jump right in. I don't want to interrupt. No, no, no. You're, you're good. I hope you guys all interrupt at, uh, at a time when you feel it's necessary, because there's a lot to discuss tonight. So uh, I know you're all doing fine. I touched base with each one of you today, I think, except for you, Bruce. But... You're always healthy and alive, so yeah. Unless you're not, are you healthy and alive today? Healthy and alive. If I was, then I probably wouldn't be here. So okay, yeah, that's throwing that out there. Right. 
Okay, so eight predictions for the world in 2030. Let's go ahead and get started with this. So, and then of course, I want to get into some UK stuff today because Boris has made an announcement about cars as it relates to 2030. So, uh, yeah. And then of course, there's big protests happening here today in Germany and Berlin that the mainstream media is not covering. And it's it, it's shameful. It's shameful. I, I've, I've looked at the video, Marty, you've looked at the video. Uh, it's 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 just it's just disgusting. And of course, there was the Million Man MAGA March in D.C. over last weekend. Again, media was absent, nowhere to be found. The independent oh, no. media was on it. No, the, they didn't fail to report the 10 people that were arrested by law enforcement <laughs> that were right, okay. MAGA. They, they didn't okay, fail to yeah. mention those. Okay, yeah, those. Yeah, the terrorists, the conspiracy theories, the the Nazis, the cult members. Yes, yeah, they, the, yeah, yeah those are yeah, the ones. Yeah, uh huh. Let's get on to let's get right onto this uh, this eight predictions. Now it starts out here with as Brexit and Donald Trump's victory show predicting even the immediate future is no easy feat. Now what did I say in the beginning of all this? I said Brexit and Donald Trump, and then of course the election of. Uh, Boris Johnson and the Tory government, okay, essentially Brexit part two because he campaigned on the platform, get it done. Was it even bigger landslide than the actual Brexit vote itself? You had people, a historic vote, in my opinion, from people jumping from one side to the other to get out of this monstrosity. Donald Trump, the election comes around this time. Me personally, I mean, we've talked at, at nauseum here about the fraud. Bruce and I are going to go over some stuff tomorrow as well about uh, about some more election stuff. But it clear clearly, I mean, the lawsuits are everywhere and, and cases are being filed. I mean, th- th- it's clear cut. They stole it out there in front of everybody. They don't care about elections anymore. They're done with elections. Brexit and Donald Trump were the last straw to that. Once you figured out, you the voter, no matter where you come from, once you figured out how horrible this system is that they're trying to take us into, you decided you were going to do the only thing you had left, which was vote. And they didn't like what we had to say. So now... They've decided, well, we're just going to move ahead anyway. We're just going to move ahead anyway, right? These are not builders, mind you. Now, th- these are these are absolute nobody losers that have stolen everything financially, and now they're coming for the assets. They don't know how to build anything. This is why they want to control the future going forward. Donald Trump was a builder. Whether you like the guy or not, he's a builder. He has his name on things. He's a successful businessman. You can argue he comes from money and all that stuff, and he got a head start and all that stuff, whatever. But the amount of energy that this guy has and the amount of business that he has accomplished to get to this point where he is from a business standpoint, not politics. He's not a politician. These people don't have any of that. They don't have any of this stuff. They don't know. how. They've never built anything. They've never put their name on things unless it's some kind of an endowment where they can hide their money that they steal. That's all they know how to do. So now they have to steal your assets. Now they have to steal your birthright. Now they have to steal your opportunity. Now they have to steal your rights because they're not builders. So number one, there's eight steps to this. Okay. Number one, all products will have become services. When I read this, I immediately thought of your comment, Marty, the Blair Nation of service providers. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Again, you've mentioned before, and that's exactly what this is. It's a zero asset future going forward. Zero sum game. You own nothing. And they say exactly that. I don't, and I quote, I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes, writes a Danish MP. Uh, Ida Alkin is the name of the uh, the Danish MP. Shopping is a distant memory in the city of 2030, whose inhabitants have cracked clean energy and borrow what they need on demand. It sounds utopian until she mentions that her every move is tracked and outside the city live swaths of discontent or swathes, however you pronounce it, of discontents and the ultimate deception of a society split in two, which is exactly what they're trying to do with the vaccine. We're not going to talk really vaccines today, but I mean, we can get into it possibly a little bit because there's an agenda here with that. But um, 
That's essentially what they're going to try and do. They're going to try and split society. This, again, all links into social credit and, and all the like that we've been talking about for almost two years here now. So, again, if you own something, if you actually own the article, it's yours ad infinitum. If it's a service, so you rent your car, you might have a clothes and laundry rental system. You might not need to have a, a washing machine in your house and a tumble dryer because your clothes are taken away every day and come back clean and dried. That's their vision. So all products will become services. That's that's number one, yes? So yeah, what other goal can that be for than to create zero asset humans, people who own nothing? And of course, if all products do become services, they can stop your access to them. They can um, ban you. They can do all of those things. So there we are, right off the bat, aim number one of the World Economic Forum stroke UN Agenda 2031 is to make all of us zero assets. So they couldn't be any more obvious. Why are we not doing something about it already? Anyway, sorry, mate, move on. Honestly, I think I think it's starting. It's starting. It's it, this is a slow going process. This is not going to be something that's you know uh, we're 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 in this and then we're not. It, it's not going to be that. This is a long process. This is going to be a long fight. And I mean, you and I are used to look. Let's just get this out of the way and let's get this over with, right? So we can move on because we don't have time for this. That's not what they're doing. They're playing a long game here. Whatever you're seeing, whatever garbage you're seeing in the media, that's just that's disinformation and nonsense. That's just meant to keep you off balance. What this is talking about is precisely the agenda that you're speaking on. But it's going to take time for people to understand this. Until it hits their doorstep, they're not going to do anything about it. It has to affect them personally. But we're trying what we're trying what we're doing here, we're trying to wake people up to this so they can get out of their slumber. And then you can get somebody else on and get somebody else on board and the next person, the next person as a, as in a chain reaction. You notice there's people out there in the streets now in the UK and in Germany. They don't give a damn about these lockdowns. They're tired of it. They're sick of it. They just raised the uh, the fine in the UK in the last 24 hours now to 10,000 pounds to anybody that breaks the rules. To hell with your 10,000 pound fine. They're going to take everything you got. What do you care? Number two. So it's my favorite one. There is a global price on carbon. So there's a global price on you, I guess. And there's a global price on all life. China took the lead in 2017. Yeah, right. China took the lead in 2017 with a market for trading the right to emit a ton of CO2, setting the world on a path towards a single carbon price and a powerful initiative to ditch fossil fuels. They're not under any restrictions. They're exempt from all that. They're considered a developing nation. They might run the trading scheme in China. That's, uh, yo, yeah, they'd be happy to do that. Nobody even knew what a carbon credit was until Al Gore came along and him and his buddy Ken Lay over at Enron developed the scam. Those of you that are old enough to understand what happened in Enron, head of climate change environment. Yeah, okay, so uh, Jane Burston is who's uh, come up with this idea, uh, who is the head of climate and environment at the UK's National Physical Laboratory. Europe, meanwhile, found itself at the center of the trade in cheap, uh, center of trade in cheap, efficient solar panels as prices for renewables fell sharply. Bruce, we talked yesterday about solar panels and how much uh, they're, a, they're a pain in the ass as far as, I mean, like I said, I've got solar panels. So, I mean, I, 
I know they work, but it doesn't work for the masses. It works on an individual level. Now, if you can do that on an individual basis, fantastic. I can attest to the fact that they do work. Same thing with the windmill. The windmills do work. As a matter of fact, the people that were installing my solar panels, the experts that were installing my panels said, really, the best way to do this, if you want to be the most efficient and generate the most power, is put a windmill up for, for yourself. He says that's where the real production is. But of course, getting permission from everyone else around here, it's not going to be an easy thing. So I had to go with solar panels. But nonetheless, again, it works. It works on an individual level, but it doesn't work on this this uh, cheap energy, whatever for the masses kind of stuff. And then, of course, how much of a carbon footprint do you have in the production? And then how much of a carbon footprint do you have after that particular piece of equipment loses its lifespan? You can't recycle them. You can't repurpose them. So global price on carbon. Yeah. Um, Boris's announcement today is, is kind of bringing it forward for all UK car ownership or rental would be electric cars. We were talking about it. And as you just said, the cost and the environmental cost of making these enormous batteries that go into the into the vehicles hasn't been properly considered. We know that there's uh, methods of powering vehicles using hydrogen and the emission is, is water. Correct. That's, that's what happens, yeah? Now, obviously, hydrogen... And it's, it's just as efficient, by the way, just as from an efficiency standpoint. It's just as efficient and it has about the same use as petrol does now. Yeah. But if you own your own petrol vehicle, you has still have an element of independence from the state. But if they ban them and all you can do is have an electric vehicle uh, and possibly an autonomous electric vehicle, which is the direction they also want to move these things into, the state gets to determine whether or not you can afford one for a start because the second-hand market is probably not going to be there. You're going to have to rent it. You're going to have to- Well, you won't own it. You can't own it. No, you you won't own it because the the reason you won't own it is they'll make some other stipulation about the maintenance of such vehicles and say, because they have to be maintained on a regular basis, ownership is, is not a viable option. You will have to lease the vehicle and it becomes a service. So we're back to point one. And I imagine most of these eight things- would all be in support of each other. So I'm, I'm hypothesizing and and uh, it's a bit of conjecture, but that's the way I see this going, if we allow it to happen, that the electric cars will be a service that you have to rent. And if you don't reach the social credit score and aren't towing the party line, you won't even get to have a car. You'll be stuck with public transport. So yeah, another bad thing. The fact that China is still polluting like crazy um, and yet seeing fit to to run the scheme about selling carbon credit, no, go to hell, get lost. It's just barking mad to me. The whole thing is barking mad. And that's just the second point. So we're at second point, and I already think the whole thing is completely crazy. Right, right. Third point. Again, this is... Uh, like I said, this is not just the uh, the US or the UK here. This is for the West. I know we have listeners in France. I know we got listeners in, in Germany. I know we got fr- listeners in the Netherlands, Italy, Spain, uh, all of these countries. Uh, and we thank you all very much. But this is not just relegated to the US and the UK. This affects you as well. All world leaders nearest I can tell at this point, with the exception of... <laughs> 
I think Donald Trump and a couple in um, in the eastern countries, namely Poland and Hungary, are, are on board with this, nearest I can tell. Number three, U.S. dominance is over. Hmm. Is it? We have a handful Sorry, of hang, glo- on, hang on. It actually starts the sentence <laughs> with "U.S. dominance is over." It does, yes. Yeah. Well, what, what is? Sounds where's like the threat. evidence? I'm sorry, but where's the evidence that U.S. dominance is over? There is none. How can they make they just, a statement like that without any evidence? You know, anyone who's been claiming about electoral fraud in the U.S. has been told, "Where's your evidence?" Where's yeah. the evidence that U.S. dominance is over? Sorry, carry on. All right, so that. That, that was the start of the sentence. What was the rest of it? We have a handful of global powers. So it's going to be a consortium, you see. Oh, I see. So yes. So that, what they're saying is that superpowers, but we've always had more than two superpowers, if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, okay. we, we kind of jointly ha- held the axis after that, us and, and the U.K. and, and the French. Uh, yeah. and, and the Canadians and, and a little bit of the Australians. You know, we, we held the Francis axis. Well. Yeah, we, we held the axis after the war, of course. Mm. But yeah, um, nation states will have staged a comeback. Again, these are just their predictions. Instead of a single force, a handful of countries, the, namely the US, Russia, China, Germany, India and Japan will be chief among them and they will show semi-imperial tendencies. However, At the same time, the role of the state is threatened by trends, including the rise of cities and the spread of online identity. Is that a threat to us? That's how I took it. Who's writing this? Where where does this come from? This is coming from the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Well, they've just said a lot of (laughs) fear-mongering nonsense, but what what is the point? I thought each one of these were- This is a prediction- for what the world will, oh, this is this is their so, prediction for what the world will be in 2030 according to their plan of the great reset oh i see so so big economically advanced countries will exert dominance in certain areas but yes that's not really a prediction that's that's what happens yes when you but say see, they, go bruce sorry i didn't mean to interrupt they want to control earlier. it yeah go ahead um so does does um davos does it have any oil sorry it's a pun no if you understand the memes, what it's a joke about America always attacks somebody with oil. It was a joke. <laughs> well, in this case, I mean, it's not the it's Swiss funny it's that true. are the problem. It's not the Swiss that it is true. It's not the yeah. Swiss that are the problem here. I mean, the Swiss people probably have no idea about most of the stuff anyway. It's just that's where these people are harboring themselves. You don't bomb your own bank. That's why they're down there. Yeah, that's that's one of the things about um, the UAE. The UAE being a, and I'm talking about it because I lived there for, for quite a while. The UAE is right there in, in the middle of the Middle East. And of course, there are the money men behind the various terrorist organizations living and working and doing their business in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And there's never any trouble in the UAE, apart from two occasions, but that was homegrown stuff. It wasn't from external insurgents because they don't defecate on their own doorstep, basically. So if they want somewhere to move their money and keep their money, that's exactly what they're doing in in those countries. And it's the same with Davos. It's a safe haven. Switzerland's famous neutrality, which enabled the, the Nazis to pile the millions and millions of dollars in gold or Deutschmarks, Reichmarks in gold. Reichmarks at the time, yeah. That, that they that they stole from from the uh, from the Jews. It was all all wound up in Switzerland, and a lot of it is still there. Uh, and the art, so yeah, and, a lot and the, of the art. art, yeah. 
So yeah, good old Switzerland's neutrality. Everyone's everyone thinks the country is such a benign and beautiful cuckoo clock alpine view. Um, I don't know. And don't it, forget about <laughs> don't forget about yeah. cheese and a good headline. Cheese, good headline, nice lake. There used to be a film, a, a TV series called Heidi as well, based in Switzerland, about a young girl brought up by a grandfather. Anyway, yeah, Switzerland, such a lovely place. We all think it's benign. It's not. Number four, Farewell Hospital. Hello, Home Hospital. Yeah, I, I figured I'd get a head turn from you on that one, Marty. Technology will have further disrupted disease, writes Melanie Walker, uh, a medical doctor of, uh, excuse me, a medical doctor and World Bank advisor. But they bring in all these, all these people that are in the know and you know, World Bank people and and UN people, oh, it's, it's amazing where they get these uh, these all-stars. The hospital, as we know it, will be on its way out with fewer accidents, thanks to self-driving cars, and great strides in preventative hang on, and... Hang on, did she say that, or did you put that bit in yourself? No, she says that. Really? She yep. says fewer accidents due with to self-driving fewer accidents, cars. With, with fewer accidents, thanks to self-driving cars, right. and great strides in preventative and personalized medicine, scalpels and organ donors are out. Tiny robotic tubes and bioprinted organs are in. Yeah, it sounds to me like they've saved up a whole lot of tech that could have been helping us for quite a few years, at least since 2013, which we mentioned the other day, and you put that on me onto that, Ned. It sounds like they're saving up a lot of stuff that um, that they can, you know, roll out uh, as part of the plan and, and make everyone feel isn't this? Look how yeah. generous they are. Look, look how philanthropic they are. Look, they're sharing this technology with the world. These people have had this stuff. They've had this stuff. This is what they call, they actually refer to it as this. They call this disruptive technologies because they can't control it. If it if it gets, if it's a breakthrough and it comes out, then they lose control of it. Smartphones, for God's sake, they had that technology back in the 80s. They just now released it within the last 10 to 15 years. Same thing with CD-ROMs. You remember CDs in the 90s? Yeah. Patents and creation of that were in the late 50s. They had it. They just didn't know how to control it. Data storage. We could have been generations ahead on, on data storage. Again, disruptive technologies. That's exactly what this is. Now, but of course, sorry, Johnny, just, just fit this in before we forget about it. it. It will come with a stipulation. Your home hospital, if you're not eating right, in their opinion, if you're doing anything other than exactly what they think you should be doing, you will be denied that um that healthcare and um you know that's that's the way it's going so if you're shopping if you're not shopping and you're having your food delivered then you have to be eating their recommended has anyone seen the film uh i can't think what it's called now it's about a train going through the ice post post apocalyptic and of course they're producing this food on on the train um and that's what everybody's eating and and i hope it doesn't come to it, but that's exactly what, what it could be like. We'll be eating some kind of bland, highly nutritious lump of something. <laughs> that's that's what we'll be getting. Have you ever actually seen Soylent Green? I was going to say, that, yeah, I mean, they or, or BP5. You, you know what BP5 see- is, yeah? No, no, I don't. You don't know BP5? BP5 is the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the nutritional supplement cake that the UN gives out to, uh, to poor countries. It's like uh, this block that you just mix with water. Yeah. Oh, no, I've not turns seen into like BB this gruel five. thing. Oh, yeah, it's 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 horrid. I've eaten some rubbish in my time, but um, well, you know, it's anyway, funny you bring it. 
It's funny you bring yeah, up food. Cool. It's funny you bring up food because this leads us right to number five. So it's a fan. Th- you unknowingly got us a segue. Number I, five. I guess I would. Yeah, number five. We are eating much less meat in in 2030. We're eating much less meat, rather right. like our grandparents. Well, no, they're saying that we will eat much less meat in in 2030. Rather like our grandparents, we will treat meat as a treat rather than a staple, writes uh, Tom Benton, professor of population ecology at the University of Leeds in the UK. This is another consultant, of course, they brought on for this. Uh, It won't be big agriculture or little artisan producers that win, but rather a combination of the two. We've talked about the UK agricultural policy or the EU agricultural policy, I'm sorry, as it relates to food production and things of that nature. So am I. With convenience food redesigned to be healthier and less harmful to the environment. You're right. There's, um, Ned, do you remember uh, the comic strip? You know, the the, yes. the group of actors. Um, yes, I do. So you've got Aid Edmondson. Um, yeah, they all, all were independent of their own comic stuff, but they came together. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, and yeah. they came together as, as a group. You had French and Saunders. Yeah. Um, and they did several things. Which one are you on about? Rick Mail. Yeah. Eat the Rich. Eat the Rich. <laughs> that's that's the one I'm on about. Anyone. Was well, that an Aerosmith yeah. song? Yes. It, it probably it was, was also, as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm not sure, because uh, I've quoted this, this same quote a number of times about Napoleon, whether he said that religion was just a way of stopping the poor eating the rich or killing the rich. But do you know what? If there's not enough meat about, I'm going to eat liberals. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a cannibal. Is that how, is that how it is? Well, I mean, I- yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's like a, a good piece of Wagyu, soft, milk-sopped, <laughs> soy in this you case know, would be soy, I think. Corn, corn-fed, soya-fed humans. Um, I'm going to eat them because it will be just as good. <laughs> the future is going to be plants that have been augmented to produce meat. They've actually been testing that one in a laboratory and have made strides into growing your steak on a plant. Oh Lord! Well, to be honest, Rob, we're already okay. seeing that. We're already <laughs> yeah, seeing that with fast food. They're already doing it with fast food. Plants. Yeah, if I had a couple of steak plants in in the backyard, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy. But are they going to give me them, or are they going to deliver it and make it a service? It's I was going to say Am- Amazon well. will probably have that for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But if they yeah. deliver your food, can you trust it? Can you trust what they put into it to s- subdue you or whatever? It's a horrible even thought about it when you get Mate, even less choice. If my yeah. suspicions about what's going to be contained in the vaccine are even remotely true, you're not going to care because all your fight will be gone because they will have removed the gene that creates your aggression and uh, you're not going to fight against it. So um, we'll probably be really happy sat there eating our um, mud-coloured, gelatin-textured gunk. <laughs> on a, on a, on a lighter us. point, on a lighter point, because lentils and all these vegetarian stuff actually gives you some serious wind, does well, everybody yeah, the get a free dog they can be a, under the, the table the and play? The flatulence is going to be a big problem. <laughs> well, no, that'll go <laughs> against your carbon credits. So, I mean, you have to <laughs> well, take out a carbon credit for that. We're going to need charcoal filters on our trousers. all right well let's move along you'll be in a you'll be in a um environmental suit you know because diseases are such a problem you're going to have to be sealed into a suit so you don't share your bodily fluids or 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 germs with anybody else around you that's a good thing because i mean i enjoyed my time in the armed forces i was a soldier and a sailor 
And uh, it meant that when you got up in the morning, you didn't have to decide what you're going to wear. You know, none of this trouble of picking out that color shirt or this color cardigan or jumper, which which jeans or which trousers and chinos you're going to wear. Uh, you just wore the same thing. So if we're all getting one of these environmental suits, that's absolutely brilliant. It will be like Dune with those. That's probably what it's going to be. It's gonna, yeah, the, the, one of the still suits. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah, and and we're going to recycle our own water. Well, no, you, only, you only get five five liters of water a day, according to Peter Brabick, who's also the CEO of Nestle, who's also a member of the World Economic Forum, I might add. We played a clip here of him that day, you remember? I think I, I told you about him. Um, you did, you did. Yeah, yes, yeah, indeed. But you see, you wouldn't need five liters because you're going to recycle it. It's going to come out into your environment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Was it five? No, it wasn't five liters. It was five gallons. I'm sorry. 25 liters a day per person. I'm sorry. I apologize. Ah, well, I think that's quite generous now. Considering oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, well, as well. Of course. Yeah. Well, think, Marty, think about how generous all of these people are already. I mean, we're going down through point after point here. Think about how generous these people are. I, I just do we get. Sorry, Bruce. Off to you. Do we get rollover minutes for the water? <laughs> <laughs> they did away with rollover i think uh, a number of years ago all right no, no, um, i still get rollover minutes do you still well your grandfather into that so that's all that's going to go away oh. uh number six today's syrian refugees will be 2030s ceos highly educated syrian refugees will have come age by 2030 making the case for the economic integration of those who have been forced to flee conflict brought on by whom i wonder in the words of Meatloaf, stop right there. That is the Kalergi plan. It is actually it is. the Kalergi plan. I was waiting for you to say that. It's it's this zero asset slave race of coffee colored people. And I've said this before, mixed race kids are strong, healthy, usually because of a good gene mix, uh, really good looking and all the rest of it. I've got nothing against that as it co- occurs naturally. But this forced migration, if this is part of the plan and they're quoting it in the Davos 8 imaginings and and predictions, they've completely revealed their hand. They've just confirmed what every tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist has thought for about three or four decades. Well, thanks for being so honest, Davos. Much appreciated. Sorry. Again, again, weforum.org is the website. They're not hiding it. As you said, Marty, they're out there in, in the open. They don't care anymore. They don't care anymore. They've overplayed their hand with stealing of elections and moving forward with this agenda and everything with COVID. They don't care anymore. They're out in the open. Ned, now, what were we talking about this afternoon? Sorry, Johnny. I'm going to let you say it. I'm going to let, let you. Or would you like me to put it into words? Or do you well, want to say everybody? It? Everybody that becomes a, a voice is now dispensable. Yeah. Well, our conversation this afternoon. You look at Schwab. You look at Gates. You look at Soros. All these people that are there on the platform spouting this stuff off and have become the recognizable face of this organization, the New World Order, they're already dispensable because they're not the real people who are driving it. The real people who are driving it, and as you've put out before, are the world banks. Um, And because of the, the crash in 2008, and they appeared to have bailed everything out, but all they've done is print more and more money, quantitative easing, massive the inflation. End. They can't They're, go any further. They've got nothing left. It, it, they, they really are a paper tiger now. But because we're all still invested in their fantasy, their, their fantasy financial world, 
um, we don't have a lot of choice. Also, sorry, but part of our conversation this afternoon was how they've managed to do it. Even when people wake up and smell the coffee, if they're in any kind of position of authority, they can be got to, they can be bribed, they can be blackmailed. That's why the politicians and, are are not doing anything. They're they're in favor yeah. because they're scared. They're 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 followers. They're not leaders. That's what they've become. We we haven't had a good leader for quite a few years. Margaret yeah. Thatcher was probably the last. Probably one. the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Astute points as always, sir. They say that the world needs to be better prepared for populations on the move. So basically just a way to march them across your borders in the name of humanitarian aid. Writes Lorna uh, Solis who is the founder and CEO of the non-governmental organization Blue Rose Compass. I'm sure Bruce is already, as I say that, is probably already looking it up. As climate change will have displaced one billion people. You see, they lock down the first world. The third world dies. They call it climate change and flood us. The third world collapses into the first. Sorry, That's what they're doing. Who wrote, who wrote that bit? Lorna Solis. Yeah. So... All right. Number seven. Number seven. Now, see, this is the one where I say that this is crucial. This is crucial. And and I, I don't give a damn what country you come from when I say this. The values that build the West will have been tested to the breaking point. Are we seeing that? Are we seeing that to hell with 2030? Are we seeing that now? Yep. We forget the checks and balances. Are you hearing what I'm about to say? We forget the checks and balances that bolster our democracies at our peril, writes Kenneth Roth the executive director of Human Rights Watch. Unfettered majoritarianism, new word for me, to be honest. Unfettered majoritarianism. That's democracy. And- Unfettered democracy. Majoritarianism is the majority votes. That's what you have. Okay, that's a you democracy. got me. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Unfettered majoritarianism. This is a quote from him. I'm, I'm just quoting here. Unfettered majoritarianism and the attacks on our system of checks and balances is perhaps the greatest danger today to the future of Western democracies. No, well, he's, he's just contradicted <laughs> he's himself, contradicted in, the same himself. Sen- in the same sentence. It's mealy-mouthed weasel words, which is what we decided when we went through the whole Agenda 2030, um, 17 different proposals. They're weasel words. They're, they're being put together in such a way that our massively dumbed-downed world population will not see through. So it's our duty to help people see through what they're saying. It basically says, if you have choice, there's going to be no room for it. They will remove yeah. your choice. Yeah, it's going to be that's a utopia. It's going to be a. It's going to be an inclusive have- society as long as you stay in line. That's what they're saying. Well, yeah. was was um, Ford uh, a communist? As in the man who made the cars? Because he did say you can Henry Ford. Um, he, he was kind of an authoritarian. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. more that. He did he say, was. didn't he? You can have you can have an any color you want as long as it's black. Well, that's that you got to think. Of, yeah, that's true. That's true. He was talking about the car. You can have any color you want as long as it's black. But the reason yeah. the reason that he said that is because there was at the time there was rationing. There was no paint that was that could be had. The only color you could get was black. So yeah. this this is the Great Depression. Yeah, as, as and um, those Ford Henrys, um, believe it or not, I I rode around in driven by my grandfather, and uh, he used to keep three. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm diverting here but he used to keep three one that he was driving one that he was taking parts from to fix the one that he was driving and the other one had become a chicken coop and there were actually hens living in it but that was in a day when you owned a product 
you could have they were affordable and they could be fixed. So going slightly back to and to link this this, this rambling in uh, to what we were talking about earlier, these new electric cars will be beyond the um, the average guy's ability to fix his own vehicle. You know, most of us, if we've got a simple petrol engine or a diesel engine, and we know a little bit about induction, compression, ignition and exhaust, suck, squeeze, bang, blow, we can probably get uh, our cars running if, if, if they break down. There's no chance in the future with these electric cars and the computer systems that monitor everything about the vehicle there's no way if they break down we'll be able to get them running ourselves now so, cars are barely fixable now on your own barely well barely yeah and and yeah, to be honest barely. with you the average the average yahoo out there that's wearing skinny jeans that has a thousand dollar iphone and is or a thousand pound iphone or whatever riding a skateboard smoking dope doesn't know how to change a tire no but you see that's that's been th- this part of the plan seems to have either been happening by accident or deliberately for quite some time. Young people, when they get to the point where they should be leaving the nest because they're fed up of sneaking around to have sex with their boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, um, around their parents, they should be getting a place of their own. But they've been priced out of the market. The way the housing market has gone, no one can afford it. They can sometimes rent places. So they live with mum and dad for longer and their disposable income, instead of going into, because everyone wants instant gratification, everyone's ev- want, everyone wants it right now. Instead of you know saving and getting ready to to buy that place of their own, they've invested in their vehicles. They're they're um, customizing well, crappy old cars or that's buying it, brand new cars on credit. We we have investments. I mean, we, I mean, we we don't live at least me. I, and I know that you had talked about it a while back on a podcast. It was something you were very uh, you were very proud of, uh, and I congratulate you on it. You you became debt free, and you know, not too long ago. And yeah, um, you know, I, I I really don't I really don't carry any debt. Not much, hardly any. I do it that way on purpose because that's no way to live. You don't leverage yourself like that unless I mean unless you you can't unless you have no other choice. You know what I mean? So. This this uh, zero asset game that you're talking about with these kids, yes, you're right. They've been priced out of the market. Like we're we're at the cutoff. They they can't purchase anything. Bruce, we were going to get onto this possibly today. We just don't have the time. But um, you and I were looking at the housing the housing market in the U.S. right now. And I know you're in the process of selling your house. And I know that you're in the process of buying a new house. You're in the transition phase now. And the thing is, is that the housing bubble in America right now is at ten trillion dollars. That's that's not sustainable. Gentlemen, that's not sustainable. No. That's going to pop. I don't know how they're going to do it yet, but they're they're going to pop it and that's that's going to I mean, things are going to fly off the handle at that point. But now, now governments are possibly the the way that the markets are going, the Fed is at the end of its road. We talked about the paper tiger. The Fed's at the end of the line. They raise interest rates now, the market crashes. But they blame the protests for it. They're they're going to scapegoat it somehow. They have to because the banks are going to take the hit. People are going to want vengeance after this when they lose everything. So well, honestly, it's a it's a bad it, scenario anyway you look at it. If people are entering into um, new contracts now, new mortgages for the first time, they better make sure they read the small print because if it says this loan can be recalled at any time, what happens? 
that's the land grab. That's the power exactly. grab. Exactly. That's the bit that turns their paper facade of of having all the money and the wealth and they're dishing it out to lend to people and so on. They have, they have got nothing. But exactly. what they will have is your debt. And if all of these loans and mortgages get recalled at once, they've got your house. Just like it's funny, just like at the end of the second war, or excuse me, the end of the first world war, the horrible reparations we put on the German people at that time that were completely out of, I mean, it was, it was out of any kind of reason. There was no way they could pay that back. But what happened? They did the same thing. This is the same scam. This is a hundred years down the line, but this is the same scam. Exactly what you just said right there is we lent them the money. The Germans were broke. They lost everything. They were broke. And we, I mean, financially we broke them. So we had all this money that they had to pay, but then we became the lender, right? The Western banks became the lenders. Well, market crashed 29. What happened? Loans got recalled. What happened in Germany? Rest becomes history. So it's a very dangerous scenario that, and a yeah, very just, dangerous just, game they're just, playing. Just to correct you, you, you'll have to listen back to this, but I think you said Second World War. You mean after the First World War? I said second, and then I corrected myself. Correct. because I, Okay, yeah. My, yeah. my apologies. No, you're my right. No, yeah, you're good. Because after the Second World War, the Marshall Plan, which correct. basically entirely built, rebuilt Germany's infrastructure, was paid for by the Allies. And ever since then, Germany within Europe has had a distinct advantage over the rest of Europe in, in terms of, uh, of manufacturing and industry because of the Marshall Program. And this is one of the reasons why it was an unfair set of circumstances for the British car industry to even try to compete with the German car industry because the, they could be built cheaper. They've got great engineering qualities and, and, and so on and so forth. And our car industry, although... I was extremely proud of it when I was a kid and had all the Corgi models of all the British cars, the British Leyland, the the Land Rovers, the the Rovers, the Jaguars, the the Lotus, all these things. They're gone. They're they're pretty much gone or they're owned now by a German company or an Indian company. So whilst I accept that the uh, after the First World War, the Treaty of Versailles, the reparations, all the rest of it, it was basically, um, it was like someone was following a recipe book for a, for a world war starting 1939, the way it was laid down. Yep. Well, the, uh, the funny thing is, is that they are, uh, they're ref- they're, the, the World Economic Forum are referring to this uh, Great Reset as the new Marshall Plan. Gee, I wonder where they got that idea. Anyway, let's round off here uh, because I got an audio clip here we still haven't gotten to that I want to play because you might think, well, who would be in favor of all this stuff? Well, we're going to tell you here in just a minute. By the number eight, final point here, by the 2030s, and I, Bruce, this will be your area of expertise, by, 20, by the 2030s, we'll be ready to move humans toward the red planet. Now, we've already got an initiative on to do this. Elon Musk is already at the forefront of this with SpaceX, and this they don't like him very well because he's not part of this group. So this is the fight here, is is this, in my, in my humble opinion, is you've got Musk that wants to go towards a, a, a pro-human future, and these people clearly do not. They do not. They want to be able to control how this is going to go. They don't want people to make this decision. They want to be able to make it arbitrarily for you. Uh, what's more, once we get there, we'll probably discover evidence of alien life, writes Ellen Stofan, chief scientist at NASA. Okay, fair enough which we're already talking about that now. I think they're, they say that they're looking at possible bacterial life at this point. Uh, we just found a, um, uh, a uh, what is it, a um, 
a subterranean lake underneath the uh, the polar caps, I believe. Uh, we're finding those. Big science will help us answer big questions about life on Earth, as will be open, uh, as well as opening up practical applications for space technology. So again, I mean, I'm a big proponent of of getting into space. I think this is where our future is. We've got to get up there. These people that are like the ones we're talking about today down in Davos, not just them specifically, but their kind. They have arrested human development by at least 50 to 100 years at this point, if not more, in my humble opinion. So th- these these people are not progressive people, as in the real sense of it, as in they're in favor of human progress. They're not builders, as I said. All they know how to do is repress, destroy, and steal. That's all they know how to do. That's all they've ever been. Yeah. They just want to control. That's basically exactly. it. And what, wor- and what worries them most is there's enough distance between us and the red planet that if they do choose and form a colony and whatever over there, they will possibly choose to make their own laws, rule themselves, and create their own community outside of this sphere of Earth. And that could be beyond their petty control. And that is a big worrying factor for them because then yeah. they create something in competition. Right. And Bruce, you talked about what they intend to do with that as far as the creation of the colony up on Mars anyway, is they, they want to create it to be completely autonomous. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah basically, they're, they're, they're also talking about having their own, as Ned was saying, uh, creating their own government system there. Um, because it, none of the laws here apply on Mars. It's a different planet. It's a different, you know, it, no country exactly. owns it. That so is the law of this world, though, as well. Yeah. They should be able to rule themselves. Exactly. So... Uh, I, I'm not sure what they're going to intend for Mars, as in um, who they're going to allow, uh, assuming they get the control and everything uh, like they're trying. Mars won't have much of a say when it comes to that if, if, if they get control of Earth, because how is Mars going to resist? I mean, seriously, it, 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 it's, a, it's a matter of brute force from Earth. They could go in with guns and whatnot and say, yeah, you guys are going to follow what our lead now. Uh, you don't want us dropping a you know, a ballistic missile on top of your facility, just puncturing one of your, where you create your food, for example, you know, we, we, we don't want well, to hydroponic plants and hydroponics. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank so, you. Um, so I'm, I'm curious who they're going to intend Mars be for, if it's going to be for the super elite and that's going to be their plastic city, but that doesn't really fit because uh, on, a, on a colony on Mars, there's a lot of physical labor. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of so I'm I'm wondering if that's going to be like the there's going to be a lot of reliability on the home planet to begin with. But it, yes, but the swing point or the pendulum may ever happen is when it becomes self sufficient and, and not uh, until that stage. At least on 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 SpaceX's part, uh, to your point. Uh, I think they're wanting to be self-sufficient by 2050, I think is the... the Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wants to do it within 20 years. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what? I reckon that I'm I'm glad I backed out of this conversation for a little while because I think the whole thing is possibly what is really driving all the rest of this. I've said before that this won't happen until there's a one-world government. No. The, the, the biggest the, problem. Yeah. No, I don't think it is the biggest problem. I think the problem is that we've got too many people working in different directions. If everyone was working in the same directions, uh, same direction, this would become a whole lot better. But I mm-hmm. think the plan is for them to get as many people, or sorry, get the population of Earth itself reduced down to that 20% of what it is now, which will allow this planet to last longer and be cleaner 
and and all the rest of it, which is what their plan is. Well, I don't I don't know, and I don't think they do, but they're 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 taking a big gamble here so that they can remain enjoying planet Earth and the rest of the human race, the new people, not us, but the the the, the new embryos that are going to be hatched from their DNA material in the in the embryo banks and shit. You're talking about off. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about a master race. Um no, not not even a master race. I would say probably a slave race on Mars. They are I, not going to want to go to Mars themselves. Yeah, they are going to want yeah, right. to stay in those great big ranches in the middle of the uh, of America, where there's no radio signal and they can't be traced and tracked. All the rest of it that they're buying up, mm-hmm. and with less people on Earth and more things automated, those elites will live uh, a, a wonderful life. Going to Mars for the rest of humanity, I don't think sentient people upright will make the journey i think it will be a a case of sending like i say these embryo banks up there they'll hatch out inside a pod they'll be educated by some form of ai and fed and watered and will grow into the thralls to to colonize mars if we're going to talk about colonizing another planet all those movies that we've seen all that sci-fi stuff most of it is is where those the, today's scientists are getting their ideas from, and it's self fulfilling prophecy. They see it on on a on a movie, and then they'll see, oh, I wonder if we can make that happen. And I think or, that's what will happen. Or they write their own ideas into it, and it becomes what we see. So that way, when we do see it, we become desensitized to it. Fiction becomes fact. And again, that was part of our conversation this afternoon. Then wasn't it? We we actually talked about that that the way that um, Hollywood. Uh, TV productions, they've all been given us big clues. The the last book I read, which was, no, not the last book I read. I've read other books since. Um, but one of the books I've read recently was the latest in the in the Bourne um, series of, uh, so originally, who was it? Who, who, who wrote that originally? Um, but the, these, these ones are, are using the same storyline, the same sort of characters. But it, it it just describes exactly what's happening to the planet and, and the human population right now. We're being manipulated by social media and the mainstream media. Um, you've got these shadowy characters that are calling all the shots. And, you know, fiction, it may be, but there's so much truth inside these, these fictional books, these fictional films, that I think we are being desensitized, as you say. Johnny, I think that's exactly what's happening. You know, you you ask all these people, you say you talk about like entertainers and things like that and people in shadowy groups. What about the ones that are not in the shadowy groups? What about the ones that are at the forefront? What about the politicians? What about the the royals? What about the bank heads? What about these people? Where do they stand? What do they have to say? What about the tech, uh, the tech corporation uh, CEOs, Zuckerberg, Dorsey, Eric Schmidt of uh, Google, Sundar Pichai, Tim Cook? What about these people? What do they have to say? Well, I've got a compilation of clips or a compilation of people here in one clip. Uh, and we're going to get to this. We're going to start with uh, Justin Trudeau, which is you sent me a clip of him yesterday where he stands on all this. Now, of course, all, all of this is I mean, this this is for this is for COVID-19. And, and it's because of the, the raging out of control pandemic and, you know, something you have a 99 percent chance of survivability on. And they know that they know that. But see, we have to make this about climate change. We have to make this about a great reset. They have an opportunity, right? 
Well, it's not me saying that. It's them saying that. So we've got Justin Trudeau. These are some of the voices you're going to hear. You've got Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada. You've got President-elect Joe Biden. Again, waiting for the laughs. Uh, do we have some laughs? Uh, if we have if we have any more laughter, right? Do we get any more laughs? Yeah, okay. President-elect Joe Biden. Yeah. yeah, okay. You're going to hear Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. Which this guy's making daily statements now, and it's just it, it's just getting out of control. Uh, former C- uh, Google CEO Eric Schmidt, you're going to hear the head of the IMF, you're going to hear the head of the UN, and you're going to hear Prince Charles, who's also weighed in on this. So, uh, without uh, taking up any more time, let's get to this. Building back better means giving support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and the SDGs. Canada is here to listen and to help. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. Build back better. And I'm looking forward to getting started as soon as we can. At the end, what what the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. In the year 2015, the world agreed on the ambitious, inclusive, and universal sustainable development goals, making a commitment to leave no one behind. It is so decided. Just a few months later, we are already seeing those promises transform into first concrete steps for action. On 21st of April, presidents, prime ministers and other high-level representatives from around the world gathered at the UN headquarters in New York for a high-level debate on achieving the SDGs now that the goals and targets have been set. We have no time to waste. We need first to take seriously the goals because these are the world's goals. They're the only goals we're going to have for our generation. The Agenda 2030 is going a step further because it recognizes that things need to change here in the rich countries as well. There's there's obligations for rich countries too in terms of environmental pollution, you know, our production and consumption patterns that are destructive for the planet, um, tax policies that are creating inequalities, illicit financial flows all these things and finally uh, some very um, uh, concrete language on governance on democracy and all that that we will now start a quite high number of task forces to look at all the different issues and we will present all those ideas to the people assembled in Davos but at the same time we will make Davos very different very open to ensure that we do not fall, uh, fall back to old recipes but that we really look at forward-oriented solutions. We have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. It is an opportunity we have never had before and may never have again. So we must use all the levers we have at our disposal, knowing that each and every one of us has a vital role to play. Now is the time to think what history would say about this crisis. And now is the time for all of us to define our own role. What is it that would make it so that history would look at this crisis as the great opportunity? 
Well, gentlemen, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I'm disgusted by all of what I just heard. <clears throat> Is this um, podcast one of the uncensored ones? Uh, th- no, unfortunately not. So oh, we are bound by TOS. I, I do apologize because I tell you what, I, I, I don't have the ability at the current time to say what I really want to say about what we just heard. No. Again, going back to what Ned and I were talking about earlier on, those individuals are the public face of this new world order, including our own dear Prince Charles. And I may have just gone full circle because I started out life thinking that the royal family of the UK were a bunch of overprivileged scroungers uh, living off the backs of common, hardworking people like my grandfather, my parents, so on and so forth. Then I started to think, well, they do a lot for the country, actually. Once I was in uniform and sworn allegiance to Her Majesty the Queen and the officers placed over me, I, I, I changed my mind a little bit about them. But when you really think about it, they have got so much invested, hundreds of years of privilege and position and supposedly custodianship of the country. They are supposed to keep the country healthy and and well and and prosperous. So they're not going to give that up. And uh, it may go all the way to the top. And it may have been discussed behind closed doors in Windsor, in Sandringham, in Balmoral for at least a couple of centuries. That this, or at least a century, sorry. Uh, that this is is what's going to happen. And yeah, I, I I find his inclusion in in that Prince Charles's inclusion in that montage of monsters the worst, the absolute worst. The rest of them we expect it. I mean Schwab, as far as I'm concerned, uh, he couldn't be any more of a Nazi if he tried. If he if he was wearing a Hugo yeah, Boss just read his book. black read suit his- with collar collar tags, read his book, yeah. read his ideology. That's all you have to do. And you can see what he is. Uh, uh, like th- this guy, uh, like I said, he's making daily statements now. So not only did, has he said everything, obviously, you just heard. He also said, well, we've got to try. Isn't that what he says? It's- Some people may say this is too idealistic. Uh-huh. Um, but what other choice do we have? Well, you got none. At least we have to try. Uh-huh. See? So no, you don't. Not, yeah, not on my you behalf. Don't. You don't. Close. Just just forget about it. Go, go and have a nice cup of strong black coffee and, and, and a biscuit or something. Uh, and and just leave us alone. Leave the world alone. Ah, oh, yeah. The way I feel at the moment, and again, we talked about this earlier on, Ned, is that we've detected our prey. We've hunted it. We've got it quarried and at bay, but no one's got a big enough gun to shoot it. And and that's how we are. We know who the usual suspects are. We know what their plan is, but we've got no real way of uh, of stopping it and, you know, and that's I, what's really really affecting my mental health at the moment to be honest no nah, you, you shouldn't let it you shouldn't let it get to you know i i hear a lot of people saying nearly the same as that is oh well what do you know what do you expect to do about it well maybe something maybe nothing i don't know in this fight you're gonna have good days you're gonna have bad days i mean that's the way that it works yesterday i was having a pretty bad day because i was kind of you know letting all this sink in and and talk you know get into get in my mind about what we were going to talk about today but you know what when i went out today and uh, I went out and I did, you know, er- ran errands and, you know, went to the places like, you know, the bank and the store and, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I saw people that honestly, I'm getting the feeling that people are starting to see through this on the average public level. I'm getting that feeling. 
because people just are getting to the point now where they're looking at things and maybe they're looking at things logically. I'd like to think so, because, again, I mean, I've got faith in people. Uh, or I'd like to think that I do in a lot of cases. But I see people that are walking around and I mean, the, people are falling over dead in the streets. The hospitals, I mean, you can go down to a hospital, pick anyone. I don't care. You can go down to a hospital. They're not overrun. Believe me, if they were, they tell you. So that, that's not actually happening. But also what's going on in Berlin today, the protest, there, there's every bit of 100,000 people up there at the steps of the Reichstag. MPs came out to support them and they got arrested. They turned water cannons on peaceful protesters. I mean, you saw it. They weren't, they weren't being out of control. They weren't throwing Molotov cocktails at police. They weren't mixing it up with police. The police comes in with water cannons. First time in, I think, 20 years they've done that here. Their goose is cooked. They know it. I'm talking about the politicians. But they're meant to take the hit in all this. That's that's the other thing, is I think they're meant to take the hit in all this. Th these people like Schwab and the rest of them, honestly, I think they're gophers at the end of the day. The ones that we see, Soros and, and Gates and the rest of them. They're, they're followers. They're not leaders. So I, I kind of get the feeling that there's something else here, but I haven't been able to put my finger on it. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something else going on here. And, and we're seeing these people because I think we're meant to see them. But I don't again, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I just I can't help. But the way that my mind works, the way in the back of my head, as somebody who's who's spent the better part of their adult life investigating things, following paper trails, digging up information, there's something else here that just doesn't smell right. And I don't know what it is. Tell you what it is. Individual power plays, they can't help themselves. There's, there'll be an underlying factor that'll bring one or two people down, and then a few faces will be shown. And that's what it's all about. Okay. If you can, Maybe if that's you can it. The, if, if you can get the most um, influential people with money just to stand up and be the face, there's people behind there with ulterior motive. But within the group, there'll be... If you're all, if you've got a group of people that want to control and be power players and that just don't have a care for the human race, they won't care for the person sitting next table either. Well, these people don't care about each other, just as you just as you put it. They hate each yeah. other more than anything else, but they're united on what they're doing, as you heard. But the, uh, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a bluff old traditionalist. If I uh, know there's a problem, I establish exactly what the problem is. And then I fix it. Find a remedy. That, that's that's what I do. That's what I did as an engineer. Uh, that's what I do in everyday life. And I want to fix this. But as we've all come to the same sort of opinion, that these faces that are, are fronting the whole Agenda 2030 and the Davos World Economic Forum, they're not really the, the, the real power brokers. They're not the ones who are... Who are 100% in charge of this, it's whoever runs the world banks. They're the ones that are standing them at the moment on the precipice uh, and have the most to lose and also the most to gain from everything. Th those eight predictions, the 17, what they call them, SDGs, Sustainable yes, Development sustainable Goals. Sustainable Development Goals, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the ones who actually stand more to... The, the rest of us, the rest of the world population, what do we stand to gain? Nothing. What do we stand to lose? Our personal freedoms, our choices, everything. Uh, all of those things, everything. We're, we stand to lose everything. Now, under normal circumstances, if I stood to lose everything, you know, I'm being held up at gunpoint in the street and I'm going to lose everything anyway, I'd do whatever it takes to take the person holding the gun down. But that would be completely futile in this context because 
They are just figureheads. Schwab, Soros, Gates, they're just figureheads. And Ned's right. What they've done is they've let their egos uh, trip them up a little bit because they've revealed their hand, hopefully, way too early. But if they were taken down legally or by other means, someone else would just pop up in their place. It's just, uh, you know, the uh, we, we had this um, creature in, in mythology, the Thessal Hydra. You cut one head off and two grow in its place. And that's, and that's what they are. Was it, did you say it was Marvel, Ned, that had yeah. Hydra as, as one of the organizations that were, um, you know, is this another evidence of fiction tipping us off on fact? So I put out a plea the other day, didn't I, uh, in the podcast about what I think people could do. And one of the main things is stop feeding the finances of these organizations that are headed by these these faces of, of the new world order. Stop buying online, but what choice have you got? Because we're in a pandemic and everything has to be bought online. Stop using Microsoft products. Are we in a pandemic? But how are we gonna, yeah, but how are we going to do that? Because unless you start to learn about Linux and other free operating systems, um, and no one's got the time for that or the inclination, Stop taking the jobs with these these companies, the, the the big tech companies. Stop helping them do what they are trying to do to us and vote independent politicians in at every opportunity you've got, non-party people, because when everyone groups together in a party, they're much easier to target either by bribery or by blackmail. So there is a solution. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But... Um... I think we're kind of ignoring the elephant in the room here. You seem to think that they care what you have to say at the ballot box now. Ah, yes. Yes, of course. I forgot. I was forgetting. You see, I'm still so invested in the current society, the current decent way of doing things, that I forgot that very, very thing that America, in my humble opinion, the most powerful country in the world, not necessarily the best, but the most powerful country in the world, uh, has just had its election stolen from it. And yeah, I, I can't wait to see the evidence. That clip I sent you earlier on, I'll just mention this. I'm going to shut up for a while. The clip I sent you earlier on was posted on Facebook. And when you went to share the clip, because it goes on uh, and there's a gentleman talking about, about the New World Order and the planned reset. It's Justin um, Trudeau, Canadian Prime Minister. The first yeah, one I played. Yeah. But when you, when you click to share it, it uh, on Facebook... It takes you to Facebook's own fact-checking page, and it's basically lots and lots of data completely denying that there was any kind of electoral fraud at all. And so it's proof positive that Zuckerberg is definitely part of the problem and definitely part of the plot, uh, because that page would convince nearly everybody that there was no fraud, that there was no possibility of any wrongdoing or malpractice during the election. Do you know how he gets around that? Basically, in the Senate today, um, there was, um, I think it was the Senate, there's been a chat going on with Zuckerberg and everything yep. else, and they've been trying to get stuff out of them. Mm-hmm. And one of those, that question was raised about fact-checking, yeah? And he said, we get a third party to fact check. So that gives Zuckerberg a way out. The point is, who is the third party? Who is doing the fact checking? Well, typically, I, I, I believe, I mean, it depends on the circumstance. For example, for COVID-19, and we covered this, uh, Marty, if you remember this one, because I remember I shocked you with it. Uh, for COVID-19, 
who did Mark Zuckerberg hire or Facebook in general? I can't say that he personally did it, but who did Facebook hire to be the official fact checker for anybody that or for any uh, post that uh, came across about COVID-19? The head of the Wuhan lab, yeah. Danielle Anderson. Y- you couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it up. But that gives him his that gives him his out, though. That's a yeah, thing. but because he uses a third party, that gives him an out. That, that Although you know about it, is is int- has, has got a uh, a declared interest. Yeah. Yes. So and we've so heard you can't trust the fact check, right? Oh, and we've I also agree, heard totally. that the, we've also heard the fact checkers for Twitter and for Facebook as well. One of them is is the New York Times. Seriously, mm. you can't tell me they don't have a biased, vested interest in any of that stuff. No, it's yeah. quite. It is very interesting the talks that are going on at the moment, and yeah. It's all come out of your election, and I personally think that they need to. This social media needs to be nailed to the floor. Yeah, it does, yeah, it does. because it is just. It's it does. Just, it, it, I mean, it's it's actually grooming children, and that should not be allowed. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you, Ned. I mean, I honestly remove Section Two Hundred and Thirty and let these companies get sued out of existence. That's the only way. Yeah. It's the only way. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have other things to do. Uh, we yeah. we uh, I need we ice ran. Cream. You need ice cream? What kind? Yeah, I do. Uh, it'll be Cornish vanilla. We've talked about this. So oh, yes. I, yes, we have. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Well, we've uh, we've run out of time. As a matter of fact, we ran over because we had a lot to talk about today. Did Bruce want to say one thing? Bruce, I've been trying to get Bruce to say a lot of things. <laughs> uh, there's There's been a few points that uh, I could have jumped in, but you guys were mid-sentence, so I, I wasn't going to interrupt. You should but, be uh, a little bit more uh, assertive, especially with us, because we're just old men, and you've got... Bruce, you've got yeah, mute powers. You just turn us off. You know. <laughs> I, I know, yeah. but uh, it, it's a Midwestern thing, you know? Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Southern Midwest, you just... yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to have to go. So for those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. I haven't posted over there yet today. I need to go do that this evening. Uh, so I'm going to do that here in a few, just in just a few minutes. So um, we would love to get some feedback from you, as Marty said, and also to echo him. He says that we do need to diversify. So we would like to add to our roster here. We're taking applications currently, uh, if you'd like. So reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Marty, do you have something to say? Uh, no, no. For once, no. Okay. And also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. Again, we're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. And in these trying times, we're trying to bring as many like-minded people together as we can. So there's strength in numbers. That's all I can say. Uh, And we're, um, again, we're just trying to wake people up with information. That's all. Now, should you take everything at face value? No, never. I wouldn't expect you to. But tomorrow, uh, we're going to get into a very interesting topic. Bruce and I are going to get into integrity tomorrow because I think that's what we're losing a lot of. Uh, Both sides of the pond, wherever you come from. So we're going to talk integrity tomorrow. But if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could jump over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, Marty, and Ned, thank you guys for your time tonight. Good night, man. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the market place of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.